Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. Enjoy this. These guys are extremely informative. I love their dialogue. I love their interpretation of the songs, who and what we are, what we were going after. They're very uh, accurate in their uh, interpretations and descriptions and uh, just I just think this is a great show and these guys are doing a, a stand-up stellar job so once again enjoy Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater-centric podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMSNetwork.com. If you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to click that like button, click that subscribe button, and smash the notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live. Uh, if you are looking for video replays of the show, just go to our YouTube channel or go to the YouTube channel of the CMS Network. And if you would like to download audio versions of the podcast, just Google Talking Into Infinity Podcast. And we are on any number of platforms, pretty much anywhere you can think. So without further ado, let me bring on my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Brian Hendrickson. How's it going, man? How are you? Hi, John. <laughs> Hi, Brian. <laughs> uh, so, I'm, not, I'm not too bad, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to this. Um, it's always it's always good talking about our favorite parts of Dream Theater songs. It's kind of this is where we get to dig in and be kind of music nerds a little bit, which is which is fun. So I always look forward to these. But you actually play drums, though. See, I have no like other than maybe a little bit of like snare kick and throwing some hi hat. I have zero ability to play the drums. <laughs> so I think I'm going to come across sounding even dumber than I normally do. I know. <laughs> Hold off on the comments. It's probably not possible. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I tried to pick, like, stuff that maybe is a little bit different and stuff that just kind of moved me, you know? Sure. So it will be interesting to see. I tried not to pick, like, all of my same normal songs I like either. So hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Because that's always, like, kind of hard, too, you know? Like, well, I love everything in this song. And, it, you know, it's not like you're going to find, well, that drum part sucks on a Dream Theater song. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's going to be kind of hard to do, you know? What a terrible performance. It sounds like Lars. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I I have a couple um, of my favorites on here, but the drums are, are a big reason why those songs are favorite songs of mine. But I, I have a couple I think that are going to surprise you. So um, one in particular, like, really? You picked that one? So... Um, yeah, I, I kind of did the same thing you did. Like it's you know it's if there's like an emotional aspect to it that like hits me or just kind of gets some feel across, which drums aren't normally known to do. Yeah, um, you know I I kind of chose that. So, uh, but I've, before before we get going though, okay. you and I e you and I each have something that we want to get to real quick. So okay. um, for everybody watching and listening out there, we have a new feature on the show uh, that we are debuting tonight. And uh, basically, we are able to take live callers or uh, or viewers. You guys can jump on the show live as we are talking. So if you go to uh, www.call.cmspn.com, it'll basically put you in our green room. And if you want to be on video talking, that's fine. Uh, if you just want to have your audio on, you can turn your camera off and it'll just bring you up. Uh, just bring up your audio so no one has to see you. But, uh, yeah, you can actually join the show live on screen uh, and jump into the discussion if, like, you know, I don't know, one of us says something really stupid, which is pretty good. Pretty good odds that that'll happen. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's uh, www.call.cmspn.com to take part in the show live as we're going. So, um that's going to be cool, man. I, I was like, as you do as well. Like, yeah, only I like it. You hate it. Um, yeah, I, we always have a blast when, you know, people watching and listening to the show chime in and kind of throw in their two cents. So this is, this is just another way to do that. So I'm excited to see how that works. There's so um, many avenues now. We talked about, I think, last week, all the new stuff. So we have the CMS TV. Um, we also have the CMS Network app. 
Yep. And there's so many killer shows on there, and you can you can basically the entire library of everything on the CMS network is on there, including I think pretty much all of our shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so many cool ways now. So we're looking forward to interacting with everybody. Yep. And speaking of new things, you have something very new that you just did that's Dream Theater related. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, so a buddy of mine, Brian Loxo, he's a guy I play uh, dueling pianos uh, partner with sometimes once in a while. He's a music teacher, uh, music teacher actually down in, in Akron, and he teaches uh, basically like electronic music production recording. Like he does like band lab, uh, garage band, and I think a couple other programs, you know, to high school kids. And some of the stuff he's played me or some of the stuff they do is absolutely amazing. But anyway, he's always into the newest technology, and he told me about this new thing, and most people have probably heard of it. You said you hadn't, but it's called Chat GPT, and it's it's an artificial intel. It's like an AI engine, basically, and it's all okay. over the the internet. And people are freaking out. Teachers are. He, I guess it came on his radar because he's a teacher. Yeah. Teachers are freaking out. You can basically say anything, ask it to do anything in terms of like writing, like a poem, a haiku, a song, an essay. So a lot of English teachers are really not too thrilled with this <laughs> because a kid who's going to have to go write a paper or, you know, if you have to write a paper in political science or anything, and it's just going to, kids are just going to, you know, spit out a few words and it's going to give it to you. So he knows I'm big into dream theater. So he said, uh, he's like, I'm going to have this thing make a dream theater poem for you. And let's okay. see how accurate it is. I'm not going to read the whole thing because this is too long. But it starts out, Dream Theater, masters of sound. Their music echoes all around. <laughs> their melodies reach up so high, their rhythms make us feel alive. A journey through each song, they weave a sonic tapestry they achieve. With intricate riffs and pounding beats, their virtuosity is hard to beat. From Metropolis to Pull Me Under, each track a masterpiece in wonder. <laughs> their wow. music takes us on a ride to places we cannot hide. The guitar solos cut through the air. Their complexity beyond compare. So it picks up on how, you know, progressive the band is and stuff in the way that it writes that, you know, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. That's crazy. <laughs> Hard to beat. Nice. <laughs> Memphis Bullard. Good to see you, man. He says the poem doesn't lie. <laughs> yeah, and I also had to do a thing I think I told you uh, before. I had it. He, he said, take two songs and compare them. So I compared Count of Tuscany to, um, what did I say, Great Debate. Okay. And it, it basically said, well, you know, you know, in terms of music-wise, they're progressive and this, that, and the other. But it broke down all of the, the subject elements, you know, like, you know, they differ in tone and what they talk about lyrically and broke down the lyrics. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of frightening, man. I mean, it... it we talked before, like you, you said you're a firm believer, like the Matrix, man. It's 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 either already here or it's or it's it's coming very quick. Yeah, I, I've always, I've always said it's like if you if you kind of look at the way technology is going, like try, thinking that the stuff that happens in the Terminator and the Matrix movies is it could be a reality. I mean, eventually stuff's gonna get so smart. But what do we need these dummy humans for? <laughs> like, so, uh, yeah. And and we're well on our way. You know, they they can make dream theater poems. Next thing, they're going to be eradicating all all mankind. So <laughs> pretty much. I'm, so anybody can actually you can anybody can download this. I guess it's just all you have to do is give them your email. It's open source. But I didn't do that yet because I think this is one of those things. Once you start on it, you're going to be on it for like <laughs> you know twelve hour binge, and you're not going to get anything else done. So I, well, I think I think I'm going to stay away from this rabbit hole for a while. That poem is way better than anything I could write. <laughs> I know I wouldn't come up with something that actually flowed that well. My stuff is like, oh god, you know. All right, so before we get to our topic here, we do have uh, a viewer chiming in. He says, "What's up, guys? It's uh, Sam Mathis." He says, "What's up, guys? I can't steal him, but I wanted to weigh in on my favorite drum moment, which is the entire intro outro of the Great Debate. Looking forward to catching the rest of this episode later." That is a great selection, man. Uh, great Debate is one of my favorite songs. Uh, I think it's definitely my top five Dream Theater songs, maybe even top three. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely definitely uh, all that shuffling and stuff like that. Um, very jam-oriented kind of feel. So good call, Sam. Good call. Uh, real quick, Metalhead is chiming in. Good to see you, man. He says, have you guys ever checked out Opeth? I'm pretty sure po Portnoy put them in his top five bands, and Petrucci loves them. I, I have... Have you ever listened to Opath, Brian? Because I have not. 
Yes, that is uh, Bob Hurd's probably new favorite band of all time now. <laughs> so, okay, coworker of mine. Yeah, I, I mostly like, like really. Sorry to interrupt, but weren't, weren't they yeah. like really heavy, and now they're like kind of different? Like they're actually singing and stuff. Is that? Am I thinking of the right band? Yeah, the 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 old vocal style was really growly, um, okay. growly, screamy, and they've they've changed that, and it's much more melodic. But it's it's very trippy, heavy. You know, think of it kind of as a metal Floydish type of a thing, I guess, for the most part. But just incredible musicians. I think the one guy, isn't the one guy on Repentance? Or Michael Michael Akerfeld? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's on there. But uh, yeah, yeah, great band. One of those bands I'd love to check out. If you ever get a chance, check out. They have a concert live at Red Rocks on YouTube. You can see, okay. and uh, man, just some great musicianship. Just some really cool, cool songs on there. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, as we teased a little bit, tonight we are going to be talking about our favorite drumming moments in the Dream Theater catalog. So uh, this is not specific to Portnoy or Mangini. It's just anything. So, uh, hell, I mean, I, I brought out something from Nightmare Cinema. So there you go. Uh, so I have a James Labrie drum moment. <laughs> so you did know he was the drummer for Nightmare Cinema, right? You did, You know that? I had no idea, but I do now. <laughs> Sean Faust, you're going to get banned from the chat if you start that crap. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, guys, um, we're going to get going here. But uh, remember, you can actually chime in live if you want to call in. Uh, it's call.cmspn.com. Thank you, Chris Aiken, for letting me know we don't need the www. So, okay. <laughs> okay so, I can't wait to see this. Oh, no. So Aiken says, Here's what the AI says about talking into infinity in 200 characters or less. It's not going to be a family show anymore, is it? Okay. It says, talking into infinity is a must-listen for Dream Theater fans. Hosts John Drake and Brian Hendrickson offer insightful interviews, engaging discussions, and deep knowledge of the band's career. All right. Maybe it's not artificial intelligence, my ass. (laughs) This This thing thing is our shit. It's never listened to a show, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) This thing is full of shit, man. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Oh, my God. All right, so I'm going to go first. I, I I have a favorite that I'll save for last, but I, other than that, I don't have them ranked. Um, the first one on my list, it kind of popped into my head right away. I have The Alien because I think pretty much when that song dropped, all of us went, what the hell? And, you know, all the comments online were, you know who the real alien is? It's Mike Mangini. And um, I, I, I think this is basically... Without question, Mangini's signature tune with the band now. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, the, the song was based around that drum part that he came up with, and it's in that totally wild, weird time signature. Um, you know, how often do you, how often do bands do that? Oh, play the that drum part's cool. Now we're going to work out. That's the the basis of the song. So, <laughs> um, you know, but I mean. There's so many of those, like the speed fills with the toms and the kick and stuff like that. There, I mean, he's just going. This it's a, to me, it's like it's a very Portnoy esque song for him for Mike Mangini because it's like when he gets going, he just goes. Um, but he does have the mellow moments and stuff, you know, kind of breaks it down in the solo with kind of like the the jungle drums almost. And um, you know, it's like I said, the, and one of my favorite parts, dude, is the drum part before and after the solo. Um, it, it sounds simple at first. But when you listen to it, you kind of dig into it. There's a lot going on there that he's doing. So there, there's some there's some su- subtle stuff in here that really kind of stands out when you pay attention to it. So um, I have the alien first on my list. What what is first on yours? Did you have the alien? <laughs> well, I ranked. I, I have mine ranked. It doesn't. You know, it's it's not <laughs> like okay. You know, whatever. You can change the order. But yeah, number ten, I have alien. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my I'm, God. I'm a little I have a kind of a minor concern about this song because of the fact it's so damn good and it's the opener you know and it's been the opener on this tour forever that I hope they don't the guys don't get burned out on it be like well I'm not you know the next tour comes around we're not gonna play alien you know or everyone's kind of yeah. sick of it like no I think this is gonna be the new we got to hear this every time they play now right um, yeah, it, it starts out, man. I mean, it starts off with that roll, and then it never lets up. The, the opening two minutes before the vocals, it's like, it's almost like you said, this is probably the coolest stuff Mangini's done to date. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this song just, it just never, never lets up everything. I just, I love the fills he does, man. I, I just think they're so, 
I, I don't know. They, they feel so good. And it's like he, he did say in this, like, if you remember the interviews, like, he purposely tried to make stuff hard to play for other drummers. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm curious, like, when other drummers sit down and go, like, oh, man, that damn it, that Mangini, he really did, like, you know, like, <laughs> like things are just, you know, backwards from what they normally are, I guess. And, and I mean, I could tell when stuff is syncopated and when stuff's on the offbeat and, and time signature changes. But, but you know, when, it, when it's done that rapidly and stuff, I don't know how anybody possibly keeps up. It, it, it blows my mind. Yep. So Memphis Bullard says that uh, I abs- I absolutely uh, love that groove that Portnoy does leading into full circle in Octavarium. Uh, <laughs> Sean Faust about the alien says, in 20 years, it'll be a bathroom break like Pull Me Under has become. Uh, I-, I don't think it could ever reach that level. And I'm not and, and I'm not getting on board with this. The Pull Me Under hate on this damn show. People will keep hating on that song. It's like, man, that song's still great. Uh Daniel Navarez Arojo says, my favorite is simple, misunderstood. The play with the hi-hat snare, what sounds like a piccolo snare, is so damn tasteful. I wish Portnoy and Dream Theater would do more creative, simple things like that. Uh, yeah, that is that is a really good one, man. And um, I do have some stuff from Six Degrees on my list. Um, and I, I, th- I think that's my favorite drum production the band has had is on Six Degrees. So, so that's a, you know... That that's something that stands out for me drum wise is at least the production on Six Degrees. But um, yeah, next- real quick, let's go back to okay. And tw- if if Dream Theater's touring in twenty years, they can play Space Divest for two hours. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> right? because like that to me will be a miracle that they're still touring in twenty years. You're gonna have I them mean, in, their, in their early seventies, like mid seventies. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're gonna be pushing eighty. I mean, it's like yeah. come on, <laughs> it'd be fine with me. Hell yeah. I, I, I listened to some Lou Graham today from from I think over the weekend. He still sounded reasonable enough. I would take it. Nice. So, so next on my list is uh, one of the kind of epics. I don't, I don't think we considered it an epic, but it's close. Uh, I have a nightmare to remember. The opening track from Black Clouds and Silver Linings. Do you have that on your list? No, I do not. I, I tried. Okay. Not, I tried to purposely leave that off just because I totally love that song. <laughs> So <laughs> there's I, not much for me to say about it other than it's an amazing song and I love every single part that goes on in every part of it. So Yeah. I just I just think for me that it's, you know, it, it's just an absolute like Portnoy clinic. Like wh- whatever whatever side of Portnoy's playing you like, you're gonna get it in this song. I yeah. mean it, it has something for everybody, you know, his straight up metal like thrash playing, you know, he's got the rock playing in there, you know. The mellow kind of really cool stuff, you know. He's got those little symbol things that he likes to do, and some mellower stuff. Uh, you know, this one. I mean, blast beats. I remember when this song hit, everyone's like, "What the hell, blast beats in a dream theater song?" Like, so, yep. You know, that was. It was just so cool, and I mean, let's face it. It was it was an audition song in 2010 for a reason, right? <laughs> I mean, like they tried new drummers out playing this song for a very good reason. Yeah. And um, I love the off time thing when it breaks down into the into the hospital part, like with all the. You know the the sound effects and stuff like that from the hospital. That that that's I love that. Um, the double time hi hat thing is always awesome. That's that comes up a couple times in my list. Um, he does that in the second half of the beautiful agony part. Um, I love that. And the double bass on the song is awesome. There's so many really cool examples of that, especially you know the one after the end of the keyboard. So like it's just kind of a cool like. Almost like it's like a train running down the tracks type of a rhythm to it. So, yeah, I, I love this one. It's got everything for me. So, uh, Nightmare to Remember is the next one on my list. What What do you have uh, at number nine for you? You You ranked yours, and I didn't rank mine. So, yeah, I mean, again, it, I'm not going to really argue too much on how, on how these are ranked. Uh, I have Pale Blue Dot, which oh, I sort of been okay. on. I sort of been on record that I love this song, but uh, you know, it starts with those those atmospheric keyboards, but then like the drums come in with that killer beat just by themselves, and every come everyone comes in. There's all those you know great accents and stuff, and I I don't know, man. I guess it's a simple thing of accenting everything else the band is doing, but making it sound not simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and sort of syncopating that up and making it sound full and, you know, and maybe being just a little bit ahead or behind the beats, you know, maybe the instruments are or the or the drums are actually playing that way too. I, I, there's just a real art to that. Yep. And uh, I think you can tell people that know how to do it and people that don't. But, yeah, man, I mean, it just 
just so many sort of ups and downs in that song and and you know just different styles and you know it's not unique in that there's some millions of dream theater songs that does it but just something about the way it starts out it, you know that he starts the song again after those keyboards and gets your sort of gets your adrenaline going you know yeah well i mean it's it's got that hyper fast right hand that yeah i mean how he does that stuff is just like my god that's the guy the guy is just it's unbelievable what that guy can do like doing something different with all four limbs at the same like it's <laughs> i can't even think about it and make it work out this guy's just doing it like you know like <laughs> yep. like it's nothing like it's a green day beat or something but yeah that's a good choice man that's a good choice I, I love pale blue dot it's got a lot of cool moments in it and um that that you know it's just it's one of those songs that's you know i think we talked about it a lot that it, it's it, it feels shorter than it is which is always a good thing so uh next on my list is actually a song that kind of surprised me uh but i actually have the enemy inside <laughs> so I, I i didn't expect what do you have that one uh, it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's literally the next one on my list this is funny <laughs> we have to swear to the you know the viewers the three of you at home we did not set this up ahead of time this is hilarious though yeah, we, we never do. We actually, we always come in blind. That's why we're, we're always like, ah, shit, you stole mine. <laughs> I mean, how many total songs are there to choose from that have drums? 105 or something? <laughs> it's more more than that. I, I don't know. I have a live song, for God's sake. So, you know, but yeah, I so, I mean, I guess that's good because then we can both talk about it. But yeah, I, I mean, the, the fills on the intro are crazy, you know, especially da, 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 like, what what is that? I mean. It's just superhuman, and I th- I think you know we just talked about that incredible right hand of his, and and there's a lot of that in here. Um, although in my notes I said with him it could be his left, <laughs> like because he does it with both I think. Um, but yeah, but you know especially like that part going into the bridge, you know he's doing a bunch of cool stuff, and um, and I think what gets me on this one is that this is like the first time I think I heard him just kind of lay back and just rock. And I think all the fills, the song just has a flow. It, the, the way he goes into the fills and and they blend together with the music, like it just has a certain, a really rocking kind of flow. So this was the first time I really got behind him as a drummer. Like I, I, I liked all the stuff that he did on, you know, dramatic turn. But I think this was the one where it's like, okay, you can kind of hear like this is what he would write. Whereas we knew that the drum parts were kind of written for him for the first record he did. So um yeah so all right the enemy inside so what do you got well it shocks me that you picked this because we all sort of hate the production on this in terms of the <laughs> drum sound in general well and the the <laughs> album itself in general the, the, the snare the snare is turned off but we'll get to that another time yeah <laughs> i mean it's hard to deny man genie like i love the interplay between him and jordan on on almost every one of those little keyboard motif solos after the course and there's all the cool syncopation and then after i think it's the guitar solo there's that kind of that minstrelly almost Warner Brothers cartoon, you yeah. know, thing that they're doing the two of them. Like and it just I don't know, it fits so well towards the end of the end of the song there and uh I can't believe we both have this in this both the third song on both <laughs> of our lists. I I did not think you would have this one. I mean, there's a couple I I I thought we might have in common, but this was yeah, not one of them. I I I wanted to pick something off of this album because I, I definitely like Mangini's playing on it, and uh, you know I don't like the production, but but I knew that there was at least one on here I had to, I kind of had to take, so I went with this one. Okay, uh, Kale McLeish is checking in. Good to see you, buddy. He says, "Hey, don't have time to stay in chat, but I'm just here to fly the flag for the intro of the Great Debate." There's there's a third one. Uh, Portnoy adds some adds so much tension and helps define the sections of the intro when it sticks with the same note for most of its run. Yeah, it's you know we we talked about it earlier, the intro and outro like they're just rhythmically so interesting. So I'm def I'm definitely with you on that, Kale. So uh, good call there. And he also says I have blind faith that you're telling the t- <laughs> you're telling the truth. <laughs> These damn dream theater puns. <laughs> so uh, guys, don't forget that you can chime in on the show live and jump on screen with us or just. Uh, Call in and, and do an audio call with us. Uh, as we're doing the show, it's at, it's call.cmspn.com to join us live. So if you want to jump in with your opinions on camera, just hit us up there and we can bring you right on. So uh, Next on my list, I am going 
to six degrees of inner turbulence, and I'm going with the glass prison. Did you have that one? I do have glass prison, but it's not next. God, God damn it. <laughs> what are we doing? We got to start know. comparing notes before these shows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I would have been shocked if you didn't have this. That like, This kind of has to be on there, I think. Yeah, this is this is such a standout song for me. Um, I he, he Portnoy does some of the coolest stuff he's ever done on this song, and it, it's all within the context of a song that is like really metal. So he he blends the really heavy style, you know, of his like straight thrash like metal drummer roots with some really proggy things that just work really cool, you know. And you know when he follows the guitars with the double bass and stuff like that, it's just this song is. Just, it's just a banger all the way through and the drums are just man they just drive this song and uh sean faust has got to run love you dudes love you too brother have a good night uh <laughs> kale if you don't have glass prison you're wrong <laughs> so kale is a fan of the glass prison um yeah th- this is just you can you can tell like they said they, they went to a pantera show and wrote this song after seeing pantera i mean it's just it's 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 quite obvious that um this is very influenced by nothing but like just straight up metal. And it's just it's a great song, man, all the way through. There's so many cool parts. And um and again, I think I think the production of the drums on this record add to it as well because they're so fat and so heavy that and especially on a song like this, it really works really well. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have uh coming out of the melody that, that starts with the intro with the, the, the keyboards on both guitar kind of play that melody and then it gets like i love when drummers do sort of that stuttering snare thing that comes in once in a while with the main mm-hmm. beats and then you got the double bass going and you know ability to change tempos it still fits and uh, i love the toms and rhythms before the enter the door desperate yeah and and then when that gets going it has what i i don't know i call them the galloping bass drum parts you know where it's like doing i guess like triplets and stuff every once in a while yeah like i love that kind of stuff in metal and that you know that's kind of pantera 101 ish i guess too in a way yep. but uh yeah when 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 guys start doing that kind of stuff in a heavy song it just you know it just makes it sound ginormous yep totally agree uh it's i mean the, the, that's that was kind of what i was going with too is like he's the galloping double bass i know what part you're talking about and it's he does that on on so many of their songs, especially later. I think in his his time with the band, and it works it works so well. And it, it kind of when they when they get in lockstep like that, when they have those moments, it just works. It's some of my favorite stuff that they do, and I I love the progressive moments and everything. But it's really cool that they can just drop down and just play straight metal. You know, it's it's really cool when they do that. So, uh, Chastity Crowley is. Ch- is checking out the show good to see you she says gotta throw in stream of consciousness well, that is one i didn't think we would have but it is next on my list no just kidding <laughs> so uh next on my list and i'm almost 100 positive you're going to have this one too uh the dance of eternity do you I have do that have one the, yes i do <laughs> I swear, I know there. I know there's two on here that you're not gonna have. I know there is. In fact, you, three of them. Do you have vacant? <laughs> I, I have wait for sleep and beneath the surface. Right. <laughs> so yeah, but I have um, the dance of eternity. I mean, it's what can you say? It's the dance of eternity. It's got everything you want in six minutes. Uh, th- that barroom part is just so badass, and. When they break down and do that kind of stuff, it's just so cool. And you know, Portnoy can go from proggy and metal and everything to the, you know, that kind of that kind of like I say the barroom part. And oh, it's isn't it what is it like jazz or something or what is it? I'm terrible with like the styles, but yeah, that's kind of like a boogie woogie almost. They call it you know jazz boogie okay. type thing. I guess I. It, I don't know if it's interesting online. There's there's multiple debates on whether or not the song has 108 or 128 actual time signature changes. Really? In a six minute time span, yeah. Wow. So one of the two is correct. I don't know which one. <laughs> Chris Aiken says, "I thought every Dream Theater song was the Dance of Eternity." <laughs> no, no, no. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I remember we talked before. There's that. Uh, portnoy video where he breaks down like literally every time and he's got it written out or something or he writes it on a on a whiteboard or something he goes through each time change 
Doesn't it? Doesn't it get to like 1917 at one point or something like that? Is this the song I, I'm thinking? I, of? I, I don't know how many years back it goes, but yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> how many years? <laughs> nice. Oh my god. Yeah, that um this song is just god damn. I, I remember when when uh I first heard this record, I, you know, this song came along and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like they're not playing around on this one. You know, they, they kind of stuck to the story and you know it's it's obviously a very progressive record, scenes from a memory. But there are some more straight ahead moments to kind of like really make sure the story's standing out. But this one they're like, Nope, here's all the glorious prog you can stand. So, um, yeah, this is. Yeah, I thought on this album, this was like kind of about the only one I, I felt like I could probably pick since I'm just doing a top ten, you know. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that because I, I went back and listened to this record and I was like, yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff, but I, I, yeah, outside of the Dance of Eternity, I don't think this is a record where the drums, you, you really get that whole holy crap, like it's it's awesome because it's Portnoy and his Dream Theater, but there's not that what the f until you get to this one so um I, ca- I came away with a thought too and i'm i was thinking of saving it but i maybe i'll just say it now okay i think there's four distinct albums where the drum sounds and the drums themselves really shine through okay would you like to hear which four yes i would okay so distance I, <laughs> distance over time yes I, I dude i wish that album was not so damn quiet I want a remaster of that record so that it gets up to the volume of the other albums because that the drum production on there, Mangini's kit sounds phenomenal. But uh, so view anyway. from view from the top of the world. That's another good one. Okay. Train of thought. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. And of course, six degrees. Like to me, those. Yeah. I I don't even think it's close in terms of the actual tones and and the parts and the progressiveness of what's coming out of of you know just the way those albums are mixed i don't know there's just something on the heavier the actual sound like real drums you know they can sound like metal drums they can sound like rock drums but they just sound like good sounding live drums yeah i i would completely agree obviously we've talked about six degrees and distance over time uh train of thought i forgot about that one so yeah that's that's a good choice and the new record does have good sounds um you you know what actually kind of took me by surprise because i never really noticed it before but it really stood out to me when i was going through the catalog to pick my songs for tonight is that the drum sound on scenes from a memory is actually really good too but it's very it's it's the most live sounding it sounds like you're kind of like right up against the kit like the snare really has a crack to it and um it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's got a lot of effects on it it's much more dry i think but it sounds awesome so I, i i might throw that one in there too so, uh, all right, I will let you go next since I keep picking stuff off your list, and I know you're not going to have the one that I have next. So what is next on your list? Uh, this is tough. Um, I ended up going with Take the Time. I almost put that on my list, but and, I, didn't, I didn't do it. And going back, man, that snare is so it's kind of hard to get past at times. You know? <laughs> okay. I, I don't know why. It used to never bother me, but, man. I don't know something about it now. Like as much as I love the songs, it's just especially when you put it up against stuff on these other albums. Well, but have you gone and listened to the version of that on the uh, greatest hit record? To no. he, where where they replaced the snare with a with a different one? It's even worse. It, dude, it doesn't sound right. I mean, well, you're probably so used to hearing it this other way. Maybe. I I think I think that's it. And and you know, the firehouse sample never bothered me. Um. I think I'm just so ingrained that, or that's that the sound of that record is so ingrained in my head that hearing a different snare on it, I was like, this just doesn't sound right. Like, yeah, I mean, it takes, I love the, you know, the marchy intro and stuff, and it goes into that yeah. real funky groove, you know, they get into. And I, I love yep. when Dream Theater does that. I, I, I think it's kind of my favorite thing they do a lot of times is they get sort of just get into these grooves um, to start off a verse. And uh, I, I don't know. I I want like at least like four songs an album to do that because I think it's kind of <laughs> as much as I love when they get into the metal thing and they get like the cool keyboards behind it. Like I think this thing where it's more of a groove like that is 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 kind of my favorite. But yeah, the thing is with that snare, it's like you know, it's sort of like the reverb on it, and it ling- the sound lingers, so it kind of like sometimes will mask what's 
coming and it just feels a little bit I don't know it was really hard like putting it up against everything else I listened to on the drums and then like picking out the because I know there's cool parts in there and I could feel the groove and stuff but it's just like a little bit just feels a little off you know what I mean it's like, just okay. in comparison you know even though I know it's a great song it feels almost a little robotic I guess because of the because of that sample even though That's like you said I, I guarantee you if i'd listen to what you're talking about i'm sure i would think the same thing that it's going to sound weird even weirder yeah go do it do it back to back sometime listen listen to the album version and then listen to the greatest hit version okay it's 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 kind of jarring and i found myself kind of missing the original you know so i because i mean i saw i, I get where you're where you're coming from saying that you know the samples it's a sample you could tell but it really is you know that it it, it kind of like the song lacks something if it doesn't have that production on it for some reason. So, yeah, um, yeah no, t- I almost had take the time on my list. Um, again, he, he's got some some really cool stuff on there. Like, you know, the, like you said, that beginning of the and I was like, Portnoy likes to do the you know the off time thing, like on the you know on the on the on the on the ride or on different symbols and stuff. And I love when he does that. So there's there's a bunch of examples of that in this song um just a great song like i said this is kind of you know just it's again the song just kind of goes i think for me and, and it takes you to a lot of places and there's there's a lot of a lot of how do i phrase this the drums breathe a lot it, it they, they really kind of drive parts and it, it's they're very they're very tasteful so I, I i really dig that on this one um next on my list so again, here's one that is going to probably surprise you. I actually have out of reach. So, and the reason being, like, I mean, I do love that song, so I'm on record as you know being a total fanboy for that one. But I love how Mangini doesn't just play it like a straight ballad. You know, it, it for a short song and a ballad song, it really has a cool build, and I think the drums are kind of the biggest catalyst of that at least at least to me you know he's you know the it starts out with just you know piano guitar and vocal and and then when the drums come in he's not doing like a little he's not doing a straight drum beat he's doing like you know the you know the kind of the, the the stuff on the toms which you don't hear a lot i don't think in ballad style songs like this and then you get that one you know you know, progressive, proggy kind of feel going into the part where the whole band kicks in, you know. And I just, I, it's so, again, you know, we used the word earlier on some other stuff. It's so tasty. And he just plays to the song so well. And I, I it, this song is just a standout song for me in so many ways. And again, I just think the drums kind of help that. So... I, I really like it. I know it's like a mellow song, and it's not something that stands out as like, oh, listen to all these crazy fills. But I, I just love how the how the drums kind of drive the build of the of the song. So that that was the next one on my list. Yeah, there's nothing stock any of the drum parts on Distance Over Time. You know, I mean, they he he puts a ton of thought into them, and they're like we said, they're very tasteful, but they're well thought out, and there's there's interesting little intricate things going on that make the songs. Uh, bigger than than probably what they are. Like you said, this is this probably should be kind of a more simple type ballad, but he he takes this on to a whole different place. Yep. Oh, Hurd's chiming in. Good to see you, Hurd. Says, "Damn, missed the Opeth talk." <laughs> Favorite drum parts are in Change of Seasons. Great show, fellas. Thanks, man. Good to see you, bud. Uh, Chastity Crowley, uh, Crowley, excuse me, says the Aliens' time signature is seventeen eight. As a minimally musical person, that hurts my brain. <laughs> the pure skill Mangini has to keep that song moving with that complexity is awesome. Yep. Yeah, that's, like we said, <laughs> the song's called The Alien. It's about frickin' Mangini because he is the alien. So, all right, so I have Out of Reach. What is next on your list? You're going to be happy for this one. Okay. I have Lines in the Sand. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, you talk about places, songs that get into a groove. Holy cow. Yeah. The thing that settles into in the middle. And then you've got uh, sort of what I was talking about before. They have these songs where they have these really cool orchestra hits, you know, where they go back to the groove again. There's mellow, jazzy, bluesy parts in this. Fusion kind of hints, too, as well. Um, Man, just a... 
I just love the way the the drums flow on this this whole song. Yeah, you you will not hear an argument from me. Uh, we we talked about it when we did um, when we did the deep dive into this record, and the drums are so important on falling into infinity because it's you know, the, the, like we said, the the songs are much more straight ahead. They're kind of have a jam feel to them, but Portnoy's drumming really keeps it kind of anchored in that prog realm. And lines in the sand is a perfect example. Like he just he's just going for it, and it's, it has such such a such a cool groove to the whole thing. And it's a uh, good call, man. Good call. Uh, don't forget, guys. Uh, if you'd like to chime in live, you can jump in on video or just turn your camera off, and it'll just be your audio. But go to call.cmspn.com, and we'll bring you on, and you can give us your thoughts and kind of co-host the show with us a little bit. So, uh, Brandon Charles is checking in. And he says, hey, all just dropped in. Anyone mention Endless Sacrifice? Uh, no, Brandon, that one has not been mentioned yet. Uh, we did talk about the fact that Train of Thought has some of our favorite drum production, though. So we did mention that. Uh, do you have Endless Sacrifice on your list? No, that one did not make it. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, right. no, no qualms with that one. Also, hey, Bob, you, 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 you got a shout out earlier, so... Go back and re-listen once it's uh, published. <laughs> yeah. Mentioned by name, so. That's right. Uh, so for my next one, I'm actually going to stay with the Distance Over Time record. I have S2N. And I think it's a very underrated song because it's, it's kind of wonky. And I, as I've said many times on the show, I like when they get a little bit weird. And it's, there's so many, it's kind of, there's my cat acting like an asshole again. Uh, it, it's kind of frantic in the drumming. He's, I, I believe the like, like, you know, it's like the ghost notes on the snare. He's doing it a ton throughout the song, and it kind of adds this kind of nervous energy to it. And you know, we talked about his incredible right hand, and he's he's doing that kind of stuff in this song a lot. And the other part that I really like in this one is is that kind of busy tribal stuff in the verses and under the first part of the solo you know like it's awesome and then in the second part of the guitar solo that's got some really killer stuff in there so this is a very underrated song period but i think drum wise i haven't heard people really talk about it a lot and going through you know this stuff to kind of i kind of tried to look for songs i wouldn't normally think of and i found a couple by doing that and s2n was one of them so i I just love what Mangini's doing on this song. I kind of had a toss up between that and Pale Blue Dot, and I ended up going okay. Pale Blue Dot. You know, we've talked before, distance over time. You know how, like, well, you're a huge Browns fan, so I don't, I'm trying to think of who the player would be. Like, it has to be something, somebody that you knew was good, but you didn't really realize, you know, it doesn't matter what sport, you know, your favorite team you realize like two years later or 10 years later, like, wow, this guy, this was, we knew it was good, but it was actually way better than we thought. I, I, it's just kind of, the more I hear almost everything off a distance over time, I'm like, are there arguments to say, <laughs> it's going to sound like blasphemy that this, <laughs> this could be their best. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I know it sounds insane and I'm not saying that, but I, I think there's arguments to be made. Like it just, like you said, you go back and you hear S2, well, it's an underrated song. There's so many different little cool things going on, not just with the drones, but the vocals and the arrangements. And there's just, there's nothing stock in a lot of the songs on there. And, and you know, we, we joke that nothing they ever do is stock, but they do fall into kind of some patterns. Mm -hmm. And I think they break a lot of those on the arrangements with the things that they do vocally and instrumentally on distance over time. Yep. No, I, dude, I agree. I, when we when we get to ranking the albums later on in the year, I, I I'm I'm really thinking that distance over time may end up being a top three record for me, because I I liked it from the get go and I and I go back to this one a lot and I think it's specifically because of you know what you said, it's there's a lot of varied material on it and it they kind of break some patterns and stuff and you know I mean the, the two the singles that they put out. You know, untethered angel and and uh, fall into the light. Um, they were they were pretty much like metal like songs, like kind of straightforward and kind of similar in a way. But then you get stuff like paralyzed on there and barstool warrior and like we were just talking about like S two N and there's room 
you know, Room 237. And it, it, there's such great stuff. I mean, I know you love at Wits End, like the end part and everything. And yeah. I'm a huge I'm a huge honk for Out of Reach. And I like Viper. The whole record is just solid. And it, it really doesn't get as much love as I really thought that it deserves. So, But this is not a uh, distance over time show. It is a drum show. And as such, I'd like to know what's next on your list of favorite drum parts. Uh, let's see. So we can skip my next one. I got Dance of Eternity, which we already <laughs> talked <Yeah>. about. <laughs> Man, you got to jump around. Look at that. This is why you don't have to rank them. Unless I say, hey, man, we're going to rank stuff. Don't bother ranking it from now on because you've done this like eight times now. <laughs> it always screws you. You're, you're doing too much work, man. Well, I mean, it's, I still could have already done it anyway. You know, it doesn't matter right. from that standpoint. But So what do you have next? All right. After that, this is, are you sitting down for this one? Oh, boy. <laughs> I have Honor Thy Father. Nice. Another one I considered. Just that drum part in the, you know, the beginning, man. I mean, this is his, this is his, like, ode to, like, what, hating his stepfather or whatever. Yeah. Right? I mean, so he just goes completely ballistic on this. I mean, blast beats, goes into that huge metal groove, you know, time signatures changing back and forth in that groove. It, you know, it's, it's a Portnoy metal clinic, and he's getting out all of his aggression at the same time. Yep. And, yeah, this is uh, the the the, yeah. the angry drums. Like I, we we were talking, about, like he, you could tell yeah. how pissed off he is on this one. Yeah, I don't think you can. Well, especially if I was doing a list with just Portnoy, like this, this would absolutely, I think, have to be on there. But I thought it should be on here too. Yeah, I I definitely agree with this pick. Um, it was close to making my list as well, and I I, I think that for me it is because of the aggression and the anger that you can hear in the parts, and it's. You don't usually get songs where the drum parts match the lyrical content like this, and so I think that's a really cool aspect of this song. Um, he, he does, you know, obviously it's a very metal song. The whole the whole record is just straight metal, but you know he does some really interesting stuff on this one, and uh, you know it kind of drives it. You know that don't cross the crooked step. You know, goes into that part. It's really heavy and just. Like I say, I mean, I don't think I can phrase it any better. The drums, the, you know, they fit the lyrical content and the vibe of the song perfectly. And a lot of, you know, in most times the drums are just kind of there. They're keeping the beat and everything. You don't really think about it. But in this one, it's like he's got some extra balls behind it. And it's, I, I really love that aspect of, of this particular song. Well, he's super emotionally invested because this is his lyrical, you know. Yeah. This is his moment of catharsis, you know. Yep, yep. <laughs> I've always thought that was a cool lyric too. Don't cross the crooked step. Like that's, yeah, that's kind of cool. So and anyway, we're not getting into the lyrics, but yeah, this is this is to me a very underrated song. Um, at at some point we should come up with a list of underrated songs, you know, <laughs> like because we say that about a lot of tunes. Like, which what do we think should get more love? Right. Uh, Brandon Charles says, "I hear new things every time." Yeah, it's. I mean, there's always something to listen to, and and you know, Brandon, to your point. That's one thing that I noticed when I was going back and listening specifically to drum parts, not just on this particular song, but in general. There's a lot of stuff that I've missed over the years. When you really try and dig into, you know, what exactly Portnoy or Mangini is doing, there's a lot of stuff that you miss just based on like the way the drums are produced. Like, especially I think with with Portnoy, there's a lot of little cymbal play that you you don't get unless you're kind of watching him do it live or it's an isolated track or something like that because i heard so many different things that i had never noticed before and that was that was really fun for me to kind of discover that stuff when going through these songs you know the, the other thing too and this is true of any album if you're uh if you want to play along at home but <laughs> if you if you totally focus in and and we've talked before about how the mixes are sometimes you don't hear the bass that good but when you totally focus in on the drums like that, you can really hear what my young's doing on the bass. Yes. And hear his tone come through, especially on the albums where the where the production is a little more uh I guess bass tone friendly for lack of a better word. Yeah. But uh well, yeah, you, you start to hear all this stuff where you're like, geez, I mean, we were well, he was right literally what, seven feet in front of us for yeah. an entire concert, so we could kind of see him and hear him, but but uh 
this is just a whole new way of sort of appreciating it. Like, just focus in on the drums, and you'll see exactly what my Young's doing, too. Yep, very cool. Uh, okay, so uh, the next one on my list, I've only got a couple left. I have Panic Attack from Octavarium. And uh, this one, I think, is, is a favorite of mine because... You know, I was, I was just mentioning that you know all that cymbal play that Portnoy does, and all that little stuff that I just really get into. It's you know, it's almost like he's got songs where he just can't stop moving, so he's got to be hitting something, and I really dig that. And it, there's a lot of that in this song. Um, the second verse has all kinds of rhythmic stuff happening, which you know, just I, I like how it's different from the first verse. I, I always like when they change it up and and you know keep it keep it you know give us some ear candy. It doesn't sound the same. Um, and you know, this is one of those songs we've mentioned before where Portnoy just goes, he just, it's one of those ones where you kind of just like a wind up, wind up car, you just wind up and drop it. It just shoots across the floor and doesn't stop till it runs out of energy. And I think this is one of those, you know, one of those tunes and the ending is just absolutely ridiculous all over the place so this it's it's a total clinic on portnoy just going hey look i can play drums real good (laughs) so this is always a favorite of mine just because if you're if you're into drumming this is this is a blast to listen to so um and it's also i think the heaviest song on octavarian which is not a very heavy record so uh bonus points to that bonus points to panic attack for having that distinction so um, do you have Panic Attack on your list? Uh, next song on my list is a song called Panic Attack. <laughs> Good God! How did we pick the same stuff, man? <laughs> so I love all the fills right before the I am paralyzed. Yeah. And then the uh, in and around, the down, 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 the piano key string breakdown yeah. thing, like the fills in and around that are so cool. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those songs that, you know, it's a it's a good gateway song for dream theater for like metal heads if you want to get them into dream theater you know like yep. here throw on panic attack you know <laughs> yeah and you're then, a drummer well check this out <laughs> yeah exactly you're you're a drummer or you're in the metal or you're in the heavy fast you know cool stuff like this you know with the cool riffs and cool drumming like you know let's go right into this one you know and it's not like an insanely long song or anything either yep and and like I said, you know, it, it stands out on Octavarium. I think it's a, it's a cool moment on that record because, you know, as I mentioned, Octavarium is not a very heavy album for them. So to have something like this is pretty cool because it, you get that that blast of you know that progressive metal that you want in the middle of you know what might be to me their most mellow record because there's a lot of more laid back stuff on there. And uh, this one's like, nope, this is still a this is still a progressive metal band. Uh, this is this is their record. So. Uh, it's like I said, it just goes and it like I, I'm glad you brought up that verse. That's the one I was thinking of, like, you know, uh, or, or no, I, I was thinking of like rapid heartbeat feels matches, you know, so that that's just so powerful. So. All right. So so I have one more and then I have what I saved as my favorite. So my next one is a live song, but it's part of a live song. And maybe this is cheating, but I have the jam session in the middle of uh, scene four from Scenes from Memory. I have the jam part from Live at Budokan where, you know, Petrucci does his solo and then Portnoy and, and Rudis do the call and answer thing with each other. And that is just holy shit, man. Like that. I don't th- I, to, to me, they've never done a better live jam, at least not that I've heard on on record. Um, I've seen some really damn good ones at shows that I've been to, but this one, you know, the, he, it's cool how Portnoy kind of drives the energy of what Petrucci's doing. And, you know, he's, he, when he starts to, he starts to pick it up and it's like, you know, it almost sounds to me like Portnoy is kind of leading where the solo, where John Petrucci's solo goes instead of vice versa. It's, you know, it doesn't sound like John's doing something and then Mike's following. It kind of sounds like Portnoy is like kind of doing the thing and then, you know, letting Petrucci follow him. He's like, he's leading him, which is, I, I love that. So that part's cool. And then the, the call and answer thing is just, is just awesome. Like, and I like how the first couple times they do it, you know, crowds into, but then, then you could hear the crowd really kind of realize what's happening and they're like, oh yeah, they're they're like you know battling each other. It's it's you know, and 
the the whole thing just plays out so well and again it it's it's my favorite jam that they've ever put down on a live record so i i really love this one uh live at budokan the middle of scene four how how familiar how excuse me how familiar are you with that because i know you don't do the live album thing nearly as much as i do Whatever less than zero is, I'm somewhere around there. So. <laughs> You're not familiar with this? I'll take your word for it, though. Oh, my God. All right, tomorrow you have homework. You have to listen to this song from Live at Budokan. Oh, great. It, it, dude, I, well, any, any Dream Theater fan worth his salt knows that song, man. It's like this is, this is huge. It, it's, that is a big, big Dream Theater moment, man. So, nice. yeah, you've got to check that out. I'll have out. to check it out. All right. So what is next on your list? I have one left. That's that's it. Because I had Glass Prison, so we'll skip that. Okay. Um, All right. So we each have one left. So I'm going to say it's because I ranked these back to back. I believe these are the two ultimate Dream Theater drum masterpieces, and they come from the same album. And it's been mentioned multiple times. I have the Great Debate. That's what I have. Yeah. That's what. So all you people in the chat that were mentioning the Great Debate, here you go. Uh, there is no great debate when it comes to the great debate. <laughs> like it is just <laughs> yes. And this is a song that before we started the show, I was like, yeah, like you know, I just didn't even give it really a second and third glance much. And yep, that's how impactful my thoughts are on uh, six degrees in general have sort of changed or been reformed and. And yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. Like, what? what <laughs> like, I didn't want to put Metropolis on here because I don't know what to say about it. But I put this on here, and I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it was said previously, but you know, the the intro and outro with all that just really cool kind of shuffle rhythm thing. Um, it, it's. Like I, I'm kind of almost speechless about this song too. It's so damn good. But anytime I think about drumming in Dream Theater, this song comes to mind. And it, there's just so the whole thing is just one goddamn cool drum fill after another. And um, I, I've been on record a lot of many times as saying that I, I love the Mike Portnoy double double time hi hat. And there's a lot of that going on in the Great Debate. Um, and the thing that really stands out to me is that. The drum parts are so busy on this, but they have an awesome groove at the same time. It's it's almost like some, if someone's playing like a straight beat, but there's all you know all this, all this goofy shit going on around it. Um, but that the the main groove is so omnipresent, and I think that I think that's what I love the most about this song is that it's like you can you know you can move to it, you, you know, bang your head to it and everything, but technically it's an absolute masterpiece and you know it's on one of his um i I think i actually have it now that i think about it but um i I, yeah i'm pretty sure i do have the one but one of his instructional drum dvds he breaks down stuff in the great in in, uh, the glass prison and also on the great debate and some of the things that he's doing are just so unique And, and yet when you see him break them down they're so simple that's the thing that always strikes me about a lot of the things that Portnoy does. If you see him actually break these parts down, it's like, okay, well, that's really not that difficult. It's just the speed at which he does it and the fluidity. And, you know, this song is the absolute clinic for that. So, yeah, th- th- this is uh, – I'm, I'm glad you had it number one. I mean, th- even though we, we shared a lot, of, a lot of the same stuff on our lists, um, I, I this is, you know, I'm in complete agreement with you. This is like the pinnacle of Dream Theater drumming for me. So going back to our poem, what you're saying is the drums, the heart of the band, a rhythmic force that takes command. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> no, I, I, I like, uh, I, well, I think I told you before, I've I'm, I'm always been kind of big into like industrial music and stuff. And I love yeah. like cool electronic drums and like a bunch of like old movie samples or samples of whatever. And that's what I love about this song is like all those those cool speeches about stem cell, you know, all yeah. those like sound clips and all that just killer drumming going on behind it and all the different t- time changes and the different grooves. And I don't know, that kind of stuff just always like gets me, you know, kind of gives me chills. Like it's just there's something really cool about it. It's, it's a very it's a very cinematic way of, of playing because you're, you're sort of trying to relay what's being 
what the message is coming across in all those spoken word samples and, and, and things that are coming on from those news clips or whatever, and you're trying to emote that through the drums, and I think it does a great job of it. Yep, to- totally agree. Um, ba- back when this record came out in 2002, I was doing some interviews and album reviews for Chris Aiken's magazine at the time. It was called uh, Music's Bottom Line, and I reviewed uh, Six Degrees, and I pointed out, you know, even back then, like right when it came out, this song just stood out to me. I was like, holy crap. Like if you're if you're into dream theater, it's, you're gonna love this song, and and yet like you you said like this was never one that you like really kind of gravitated towards until we did our deep dive into Six Degrees, and now you're like you got a new appreciation for the record, but this one in particular, and I've had that with a lot of people, like a lot of dream theater fans are like, yeah, great debate, but then you know as we talk over the years and they listen back to it, this song is like. It always comes up as one like, man, I didn't really dig it at first, but now I love it. Like, it's so I, I'm I'm to, I'm a total flag bearer for this song. So, um, it's just it like I say, it's 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 a it's a goddamn clinic. So, um, Chastity Crawley says, I actually used great debate on my science class for a presentation. Teacher wasn't thrilled. She said it wasn't school appropriate. <laughs> she doesn't, doesn't want to talk about stem cells, huh? Stem cell research. Humankind has reached a turning point. That's funny. All right, so I have a uh, an honorable mention. And I listed it as an honorable mention so that you wouldn't crucify me for using it as an actual choice. But I have uh, the entire Falling Into Infinity record. And it's just piggy, piggybacking on... Uh, I can see you laughing. Thank God you're on mute. Uh, <laughs> piggybacking on what I said during the deep dive... Portnoy's drums just drive this album. It keeps it from being, you know, obviously way too commercial because um, they were trying to write commercial stuff, more commercial stuff, more you know, easily digestible stuff. But Portnoy is like kind of stubbornly staying in progressive mode, and it, you know, he he dry absolutely drives that whole record. And there's examples all over it, all over it. So, um, you know, I already. Already went into detail on that on our deep dive, so I won't, you know, do it again. But yeah, as an honorable mention, I had to bring up the drumming on "Falling Into Infinity" again because that's just that's just phenomenal. So uh, that that was fun, dude. It, it was cool going through the catalog and tr- listening for things that we don't normally listen for. Um, so I, I I had a blast with that. I like we we did all these, you know. I, I wish I wish it was easier to do uh, favorite bass moments. Yeah, but that might be little, tough. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I I think we should set it as a goal to do that. Yeah, and like just but do it in several months. Like, well, let's, when we listen to a song, go, ooh, that bass line is really cool. Then write it down, and when we each hit ten, then we can, then we can do the episode. We need like a really good bass player to join us on the show to to like chime in on that or something. <laughs> we'll get what about the, the 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 jam, the bass player for your cover band? Is he into Dream Theater or no? No, no, no? not really. Okay, no. Oh, there goes yeah. that. I was going to say you, but I've heard you play bass, so. Yeah, that's definitely not me. <laughs> I like when it gets real heavy and fast. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Actually, I don't know anything about your bass playing. It's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's it's competent. The 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 one, like I said, when I brought up the APG record a couple shows ago. Yeah, um, you were good on that. Yeah, I, it, it just sucks because the damn bass was broken and I didn't know it. So you can't hear the damn thing, and I'm doing all sorts of chords. and. Oh, that's why it sounds so runs. good then. Never mind. <laughs> It's down in the mix and shitty. I love everything he's doing. I can't hear it, but <laughs> that's why I love it. Yeah. So, well, yeah, man, that was that was a good time. So, um, funny that we kind of had the same list, but the parts just stand out. So it's like, how can you not pick stuff like you know the alien and, and glass prison, and especially the great debate and all that? So, um, I, I really was surprised that that you had the enemy inside. That was kind of interesting to me. So. Yeah, I thought I was going to get you on Honor They Father. They Father. I I almost put that one and Take the Time were almost for me. So, yeah. you know, but so that's why I definitely don't disagree with you on those. But um all right, so in 2 weeks it's going to be uh Thursday, March 23rd. Are you going to be on the show? I will not? for sure not be on that one. Okay. So Well, then that means we're going to do we're going to talk some Pantera. Nice. So we're gonna we're gonna dig into some Pantera if I can get our special guest on. 
Um, we're, tr we're trying to get Wayne Joyner on the show again. He's been on a couple times for those of you guys that have been watching for a while. And um, if you don't know who he is, uh, if you've been to the last two Dream Theater tours or seen any of the music videos for the last two records, Wayne did all of that. So he does their music videos. He does all the stage design and stuff for them. So um, he's always great to talk to because he works directly with the guys. And um, he, he, he said when he came... I asked him if he wanted to come back on at some point. Is there a record you want to do? And he said, yeah, man, I'd love to talk about Cowboys from Hell. So I said, okay, we'll talk some Pantera. I could talk Pantera all day long. So uh, we're trying to get Wayne Joyner on the next episode to dig into some Cowboys from Hell. And uh, you are going to be back home in St. Louis doing some family stuff. So uh, safe travels for that. And uh, to all you guys in the chat, thanks for checking out another episode. Uh, going forward, do not forget that if you want to chime in live and be a part of the live broadcast with us on camera, you can go to call.cmspn.com. And if you want to come on with video, that's fine. If you just want your audio on, just make sure you turn your camera off and it'll just be like we're kind of answering a phone call. So um, feel free to call in and take part in the show. We love when you guys uh, throw in your two cents. So. Uh, until next time, thank you very much to all you guys in the chat. Uh, Memphis Bullard, obviously Chastity. Sean Faust, uh, Daniel Navarro-Zarojo, our good friend. Uh, uh, Kale McLeish. Obviously, we also had a few others in here. So um, thank you guys very much for checking out another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater-centric podcast. We'll be back here on Thursday, March 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, if you are watching on YouTube, please click the like button, click the subscribe button, and click the notification bell. That way you'll get notified every time we go live. And again, if you want to take part in the show, next time just hit up call.cmspn.com. So, Brian, this was a fun one, and uh, I won't see you in two weeks, but um, I will see you two weeks after that, at which point we will have already been to the Queensryche Marty Friedman show in Pittsburgh. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Yes. And until that time, man, uh, safe travels. And guys, carpe diem.